Welcome to Church Alive. We're located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey, and we're ready to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome home. Are you ready for the touch of God? Do you believe that uh, every time you come to church shouldn't be a waste of time, shouldn't be a religious time, but it should be a time when you hear from heaven, hear His Word, uh, be reminded of something you already know, be taught something maybe new, but be encouraged to go out there and live the absolute best life you can. Amen. We're about loving God, loving people, loving life. If you're new here today, so glad you're here, but uh, I believe God's got something special for you in particular, and especially that baby right there. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. And I just lift up this church to you from that baby to the oldest. And I pray in the name of Jesus that spring would come faster. <laughs> but I pray for your touch upon this house. And Lord, we love you. We praise you. And I pray that if anyone's here that is yet to experience you, yet to know you, Holy Spirit, would you open their eyes? so that they would see you clearer than ever before. Reveal your purpose to people. But now I pray for marriages in this house, that they would be so strong, so healthy, so full of vision. I pray, God, for single people and dating people. God, they would be full of wisdom. They'd be full of life. They'd be full of smart decisions. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. come on, everyone said, Amen. all right, high five three people. Three people and tell them I'm glad you're here. And then you can take a seat. And if you're single, hopefully you just found someone you can ask out after church. Proverbs chapter 3, it's been our theme verse for the month. If you're sick of it, hopefully you've memorized it. Proverbs chapter 3 says this, My son, do not forget. Isn't that the key? Don't forget. Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your where? In your where? In your heart. Next slide. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. That, prolong your life many years, that's not just a cute saying. Actual, in the demographics of America, that's a, that is a fact that church-going people live 7 to 14 years longer than non-church-going people. Did you know? Some say, prolong my life. Some will say, keep coming to church and bring you years uh, and bring you prosperity, you know, wisdom regarding finances and so forth. But let's really kick on to this one. Some will say, let love and faithfulness never leave me. I have not met a marriage that is tying love and faithfulness around their neck on a regular basis that's doing bad. I have not met them. In fact, it'll be the times and the dips and the, and the tough times of your marriage actually where you're finding that you're tying selfishness around your neck, aren't you? You're thinking about what they're not doing and you're thinking about you, right? However, the best marriages get over themselves. I've just found this, if I will love my wife and serve my wife and treat her well, she is then motivated to love me, treat me well, and make out with me. Some will say, amen or oh me. Fifty shades of hey. Not fifty shades of they. How many of you are dog people? Any dog people in the house? Good, dog, good. 
I grew up, uh, we had a lot of dogs at one stage. And uh, so I'm 10, and finally we had convinced our dad, my dad, um, to give us a dog. And uh, he'd always said, we're never having a dog and so forth. They make a mess, they poo everywhere, and that's true. And, uh, but anyway, we convinced our, our dad to give us a dog, and we bought our first dog. His name was Snuffy. Snuffy was an incredible dog. And then we bought a second dog. We're like, you know, he's lonely. Let's get another dog. So we got another dog and his name was Patch. They pretty much looked identical. Black little fluffy dogs. Not tiny little ones, but you know, kind of decent size. Um, somewhere in the range of smaller than medium. How many know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, I don't care. Um, yeah, I don't like you. Um, so anyway, then we bought another dog. And we're like, you know, we've got two dogs. Let's go another dog. So we bought a white dog. Her name was Winnie. And uh, I never believed in reincarnation. But recently, uh, there's someone in our church who has a dog who looks exactly like my old dog. Now, don't get weird. I didn't change my theology uh, just because I went to India. Okay. However, haven't you noticed that dogs, they're cool playing with, them, with, with each other and so forth. But isn't it cool just watching a dog and he's lying there. He's lying on down. He's kind of like over here. And, and then all of a sudden he'll wag his tail. And he's like. And he, and he does this and he, he's wagging his tail and then he starts going. And he's looking for it, he's looking for it, he's looking for it, and he's looking for it. And then he spins and spins and spins, and they'll spin for like two minutes. And then they fall over and dizzy and wag, like tongue out, I'm tired of spinning around. And I think actually, isn't it funny that we can laugh at dogs who do that? But how do you mean you know that people actually do that? How many know that if you chase your behind you'll get dizzy. How many know if you keep looking at the past in your life, it'll actually stink? How many of you know if you keep bringing up the mistakes of the past, it'll eventually stink? And so often actually in marriages, if you want a they marriage, the kind of marriage that is going forward and, and, and thriving and loves life, you have to let go of the past. And I want to say that again, you have to let go of the past. Come on, someone say amen. Because the word, I really just have this on my heart. You cannot rewrite your past, but you can write your future. You cannot rewrite your past. Ladies and gentlemen, yesterday is over and there's nothing you can do about it. You can learn from it. You can have wisdom lessons from it. But there is absolutely deadly squat that you can do about what happened one year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Do you know that from this day, you can make a change? Someone say, from this day. Come on, say it loud and proud. From this day. Human nature, we like looking in the past. We like museums. We like kind of monuments. We like all kinds of different things. How many of you museum people? You like a good museum. Yeah, you go to New York City and see some museums and so forth. But museums actually in a marriage are often a bad thing. 
Don't build monuments to what happened seven years ago. Don't build monuments in your marriage to what this happened and you did this and this kind of stuff because you are bringing it from yesterday and it was bad yesterday, but now you're bringing it to today. And so what was bad five years ago is still bad now. Haven't you found that? And so unfortunately, the moment of pain and the moment of problem in your marriage, actually sometimes what you're doing is you're just stretching out the problem. Some say, get over it. Come on, say, get over it. Isn't it interesting that we have lots of pictures of the past, but very few pictures of the future? Have you gone into anyone's house and began to look and say, oh, when did you do this? Oh, that's not my picture of the past. That's my picture of the future. But do you know that success coaches will tell you that if you really want to go forward in life, one of the best things you can do is paint a very crystal clear picture of the kind of future that you want? You cannot rewrite your past. I cannot do anything. And sometimes, listen, I sometimes I think Christians, we're kind of bad at this because we believe in counseling and we believe in, in prayer ministry and counseling and deliverance and all that kind of stuff. But do you know if, if at the end of the day, sometimes seeing a counselor, do you know that sometimes it actually does you no good? Here's why. Because you're always talking about the past and you're not creating a new future. Come on, I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting. Do you hear that? Do you know that sometimes just bringing up the past is just rehashing the same old mess? Isn't there a time in your life where you say, I'm no longer holding on to my past. I'm letting go of my past. Bishop Jake said this, I used to think my past was holding me. And then he said, I realized that I was holding my on to my past. Some say from this day. Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he said, Not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on. Someone say, I press on. Come on, I press on. If you, if you shout louder, I'll preach better. Seven of you agree with that. But I press on to lay hold and grasp and make my own that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me. I do not consider, brothers, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do. Someone say one thing. Come on, one thing. One thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind. Someone say forget about it. Come on, say it with a Brooklyn accent. There we go. That sounded good. I didn't even want to go there. I didn't even want to just pretend I could do it. Would have come out Scottish or something. (laughs) forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what lies ahead I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward Paul is a champion of the faith and Paul is teaching you and I that vision is critical for success isn't it interesting that business people know this but often marriages don't know this We often get married and have a beautiful marriage day, beautiful honeymoon. And after that, we have very little vision of what it actually looks like to have a successful marriage. But I think it is critical if you want to change something actually about your life. Do you know it's actually critical that you begin to picture a God-ordained future? 
How many of you have ever struggled with anxiety or, or worry or you're just kind of a worrier, bit of a worrier? What if you just spent some time thinking about yourself that you're no longer a worrier? Instead of imagining yourself worrying, which is all worrying doing, right? You just worry. Oh my gosh, I'm worrying. I'm such a worrier. My mum was a worrier. My grandmother was a worrier. Ah, oh, we worry. That's what we do. Worry is a worry, isn't it? But what if you just began to see yourself as a peaceful person? What if you began to imagine yourself dealing with worry? What if you're an angry person here? What if you just explode in here? That's what you do. Why? Because that's what dad did and that's what his dad did. But what if you began to imagine yourself dealing with anger and actually responding with some calmness? Why? Because the pictures of our lives come true. Are you with me? The past will repeat itself unless you create a crystal clear picture of the preferred future. The past will repeat itself. That is why often abuse repeats itself. That is why poverty repeats itself. That is why one gets one divorce and second divorce and third divorce. And third divorce, you'd think you'd get it right by the third time. Actually, stats are so much higher. Why? Well, you've just been practicing divorce all this time. Do you know the problem with actually getting together, shacking up, living in the house together, and then finally breaking up, breaking up, and so forth? Don't you realize that if you do that, and many times if you live together with a number of people before you get married, did you know that statistically your marriage, the chance of survival is so low? Why? Because actually you've been practicing divorce. You're practicing marriage, and then you practice divorce when you grab your clothes and your toothbrush and everything else and your TV and you move out. The past will repeat itself unless you create a crystal clear picture of the preferred future. Someone say create it. This is the power, I believe, of hanging out with people who are doing better than you. Because I don't just have to imagine it. See, if your marriage isn't doing great, you hang out with people who are doing well. And you're like, wow, look at the way he talks to his wife. Look at the way that person talks to that spouse. If you are unhealthy, hang out with a healthy person. And haven't you noticed all of a sudden you're like, oh, you don't eat that extra. And you don't put cheese on top. And you don't put sour cream on top. And you do actually go to the gym. I didn't know anyone actually went to the gym ever. And all of a sudden you start to go, what in the world is going on? And your life starts to change because you're hanging out with someone doing it better than you. What if you never make financial good decisions, but you hang out with people that are financially savvy? All of a sudden, guess what? Success leaves clues, doesn't it? Success leaves clues. Oh, you spend time doing a budget. Hello. Hold on. You're a millionaire, but you take a brown paper bag to work. Leftovers from last night. I thought millionaires just ate out every day. No, poor people ate out every day. Poe people, right? <laughs> Genesis chapter 30 is this unusual passage of Scripture where Jacob, who becomes Israel, is 
meets his uncle. His uncle is Laban, and Laban is a deceiver just like Jacob, to be honest. However, he says, yes, listen, I want you to marry my, my daughters. And, and weirdly enough, he works for 14 years for two daughters. One's got it going on Rachel. One's got it not going on Leah. Anyway, he marries both of them, and he's working for this guy Laban. And, and Laban, finally, he says to himself, listen, I'm tired of this whole nonsense. It was just dysfunctional and so forth. And he says, I am moving city. I'm getting out. And he says to Laban, listen, Laban, I want you to not give me anything, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to give me some, um, some white sheep. So, show me a little picture of some white sheep up there. Someone say, bah. Now, show me, show me some picture of the, the spotted sheep. Or goats, sheep and goats. It was kind of all the same deal, right? And uh, so anyway, what was interesting about this passage of Scripture, if you read it, you kind of look at it and you go, what is going on? But what is so interesting about this passage of Scripture is Laban gives him some sheep colors, the, the, the white sheep, and he gives him no spotted sheep and goats. However, what Jacob does is he goes over and he puts basically pictures of spots and speckles in front of the goats and in front of the sheep so that when they mate and get it going on... And when they, when they drink water, they're staring at spots and speckles, yet none of them are spotted and speckled. Are you with me? It's slightly confusing, but you've got to hang with me because it's, it's worth the journey. Someone say it's worth the journey. Okay, sometimes you've got to stay, stay with me. It won't all be inspirational. Sometimes you've got to think in church. Is that okay? You're like, okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm not, I, 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 I shut up shop on Friday. I don't think anymore till Monday. So anyway, there's this sheep, white sheep. He gives it to him. And Laban, what he keeps doing, sorry, Jacob, what he keeps doing is showing pictures of spotted sheep and speckled sheep and so forth in front of the sheep. And here's what happens. They produce spotted and speckled sheep. In other words, what they see is what they produce. What they see is what they produce. And part of that was the blessing and the favor of God. But I just want you to get this picture that what you see, you will produce. What you see, you will reproduce. What you see all the time, pictures in your mind. And here's the challenge of a marriage sometimes, is how many know you fell in love, but after a while, you're going to see some cracks in the armor. You're going to realize that she does wake up and she's got bad breath. And so do you. It's not the way the movies tell it. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay? She may not be happy every day. He may not be happy every day. You may have financial challenges. You may have all kinds of stuff. But here's the deal. If you keep seeing a successful marriage, actually, you will work towards a successful marriage. Someone say, protect the picture. Come on, say, protect the picture. Say, from this day, I will work towards the right picture. Single people, don't, don't think I'm leaving you out. If you have a picture of what you want to marry, you're not going to marry the wrong person. Because if you're just focused on the fact that you're single, I'm single. I need a girl. I need a guy. Oh, man. And all of a sudden, the, the wrong bay comes along, shows you a little attention, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my gosh, but I love him. And you're like, hold on. Everyone else can see the guy's an idiot except you. If they're an idiot pre-marriage, 
Just let me sit on that for a second. Here's why. Someone say, be committed to growing. You've got to be committed to growing because here's the thing. Listen, when Miriam met me, I was actually pretty selfish. Like, no laughter, no, no. (laughs) You're like, not surprised. (laughs) Number one, I'm a guy. Um, I was an individual more athlete. Tennis is an individual sport. And so it's really, it's kind of about you. I mean, let's be honest. It's not really about the team. It's about you. So guy, individual athlete, um, youngest child in the family, add all these equations to it, and I was selfish. However, Jesus has worked on me. Are you with me? Now her, her, her thought was, he's selfish, but he's growing. Are you with me? He's selfish, but he's changing and he's becoming less selfish. Marriage will do that to you, man. However, if he's just selfish and he's not growing, say bye, bye, bye. Are you with me? Oh my gosh, look at that face. Here comes my next mistake. No! Get a picture of what you want. And I'm not just talking looks. I'm talking, I'm talking character. I'm talking, listen, single people, the best thing you can do for your marriage is deal with your selfishness now. You need to serve in the house. Why? Because you are selfish by nature. And you're naughty by nature, but you are selfish by nature as well. And the best thing you can do is serve. Because guess what? You don't have a bad marriage when you have two people serving one another. Great marriages, they marriages, are actually two people serving one another. And, and, but that sounds like, what do you mean? She's meant to serve me. And No, no. If you serve her, if you love her, if you'll be patient with her, if you'll be kind with her, well, guess what? She's going to go, dang, I got myself a good man. I'm going to bring the love. Are you with me? Habakkuk chapter 2 says this. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. Say, someone say, write it down. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. The verse before says this, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me. This is why prophets of that day were called seers because they would see. God doesn't always speak in words. He speaks in pictures. And so God, actually, when He renews your mind, He doesn't always speak a word to you. He speaks a picture to you. Because a picture is a thousand words, isn't it? What's more motivating, ladies? I want to lose a couple pounds. Or, man, I want to be a person that's healthy and fit and vibrant and have energy for my children and just just really live a, a healthy life. What's more motivating, man? Man, I got some debt problems. Oh, man, I'm going to create an 
amazing business or an amazing finance that looks like this. See, I think marriages die actually because of the mundane. Let me say that again. I think marriages die sometimes because of the mundane. You've got to keep a picture of a successful, great marriage in your mind. And here's the thing, even when you're fighting. Someone say, when I fight. When I fight. See, when you fight, and all of us do, you've got to remember the picture. Someone say the picture. Someone say the promise. It's both a picture and a promise. Psalm 128, one of my uh, life verses, four verses that I've memorized. Blessed. Someone say blessed. Someone say happy. How many want to be this? Come on, how many want to be this? Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied. That's everyone. We all want that, right? Is everyone who fears and reveres and worships the Lord who walks in His ways and lives according to His commandments, His principles in His ways, who ties love and faithfulness on their heart. For you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, talking about your work life and so forth. Happy, someone say happy. Happy, blessed, fortunate and enviable shall you be and it shall be well with you. I don't know about you, but that's a blessing. That is a picture of blessing and it's a promise of blessing. But let me go on to the next verse. Your wife, someone say your wife. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. This doesn't mean that your your wife's going to have 19 kids. It means she's going to flourish. It means she's going to flourish in the thinking and joy and and all that kind of stuff. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the innermost parts of your house and your children shall be like olive uh, olive plutes. Olive plants... (laughs) Round about your table. Now watch this. Thus shall the man be blessed who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord. It's a picture of blessing and it's a promise of blessing. And I believe that to have a they marriage, you must say from this day, I am working towards the picture. Hear that again. From this day, I'm not looking at the bad. I'm working towards the picture of life, towards the picture of health. Are you with me? So one of the things I did in our staff about a year and a bit ago is I thought it was corny at the time, but it was awesome. I, we, we all created pictures. And I just want you to show one of the pictures up on the screen. It's, it's not a great picture, but I took it yesterday and so forth. So we created a life collage picture. And so this is in my office and I pray about this thing a lot. I look at it and I visualize it and I got scriptures next to it and I just think about my life and the areas of my life and I wanted everyone on our staff and team to create a picture of what they want their world to be. And so part of that for me, I don't know if you can see that one, but that's Jesus kind of um, on the storm and that means I'm going to follow Jesus. That's obviously me and my bride and and I want to be a great husband to her. This is actually uh, some uh, some people from uh, some of the young kids in church and sons and daughters of the house and you may not be able to see it but there's a financial uh, just debt free and financial wisdom and then there's I don't know if can you see Rocky taking down Drago there that just means I want to take down giants in life and so forth come on 
And the other one was just dream. And I want to be a person that is dreaming. And, and uh, there's another one, the, the slaying the giants of life. I've got a book that I feel like is in my head and I still got to get there. But I, I just created a picture and there's actually more to do with the church and so forth. And so I want to be the kind of person, I don't know about you, but I'm working towards that picture. And sometimes when life isn't going like you planned, sometimes that's the time when you've got to work towards that picture. And I pray about that picture and I confess the Word about that picture. And do you know that eventually how you see yourself is how you're going to act? So you may right now have a major problem with your temper. And you might have caught it from someone. But maybe you need to hang out with someone who's pretty good at handling his temper. Maybe your marriage has got some problems right now, so hang out with some people that are doing well in their marriage and that will create a new picture for you. Because if you don't change the pictures that come in your life, especially if you came from a very dysfunctional family, if you don't change those pictures, you will produce those pictures. Someone say, from this day. Why do you think people that are abused often abuse? Because the pictures that they have in their life and their mind are so ingrained in them that over time they just reproduce what they see. I had a father that was actually a a good dad in in so many ways, but was not really a great husband, end up being, uh, unfortunately, an alcoholic and so forth, and and definitely um, was was explosive in his temper and, and so forth. And so I've had to, over time, literally take the Word of God and, and say, I see this, but now through wisdom and the grace of God, I'm going to have to change the picture that I see of what manhood looks like. Are you with me? And you got to change the picture. I don't know if I'm helping you yet, but listen, maybe it's your health, your finances, but listen, let it be in relationships. Change the picture. Ladies, change the picture of how you view yourself because then you won't say yes to any guy that comes along. But guys have to change the picture of what it means to actually be a guy. It doesn't mean to treat women however you want and use them and abuse them. Actually change the picture because that isn't manhood. That's a false depiction of manhood. Are you with me? Man, I want... I want to have they. How about you? I want you to have they. And so I hope this week, I hope this week, some of you, maybe not all of you will, but some of you will just go, man, I'm actually going to, over the next week and next month, I'm going to create for myself a picture, a preferred picture of the future, of what it looks like to be healthy, what it looks like to deal with some of my issues, some of my junk. And listen, it won't be perfect. Because it's so easy in a relationship series to hear about relationships and then in your heart go, yes, I'm going to change. And all of a sudden in a moment, there's a little dip in your relationship and you have a fight and you go, that's it. doesn't work. Am I preaching to anyone this morning? Come on, am I preaching to anyone this morning? First Corinthians 13. I want to read it to you out of the Message Bible. Where are your Message Bible? 
is so good. Listen to this in the message Bible, 1 Corinthians 13. It won't be on the screen. You need to hear it. Message Bible? Here's a message. Yeah? Oh, you're the man, Greg. You're the man. Come on, Greg. Come on. All right. Go to the next slide. There is a... That wasn't Greg's fault. I might blame someone else. That's not the message. It's all right. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 in the Message Bible. It says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, and watch this now, always looks for the best. Never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Your past has absolutely no future. There's nothing you can do about it. But from this day, you can get back the day you want. Create it. Think about it. Pray about it. Imagine it. And then don't give up. Keep working towards it. Single people, keep doing it. Are you with me, church? Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just invite your presence here right now. I know you're already here, Lord. But I pray that you would invade even this time. And you prick the hearts of men. You'd move the hearts of men and women. God, that it wouldn't be a nice pep talk, but God, You would invade their lives and their hearts. And I pray that pictures of divorce and pictures of affairs and pictures of anger and and worry and doubt and nagging and all kinds of things that would destroy marriages. I pray even in this moment that there would be an anointing from God that would break some of those things that are charged with spiritual power. And I pray that the church of this house would be so strong in relationships. Oh God, may you give dreams, may you give visions, may you deal with people even this week how you need to. May love and faithfulness be always on our heart. Father, I thank you for this. Heads bowed and eyes closed. In a moment of prayer, if you've never met the person of Jesus, this is your time. If you've never met the person of Jesus and never said, Jesus, forgive my sin. If you've never said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. 
You might have grown up in church. You might have prayed. You might be Catholic or Christian. It doesn't matter what you grew up. The question is, has Jesus come into your life? Has He forgiven your sin? The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And maybe you're new here today. It just came for the very first time. Or maybe you've been attending a long time. But the question is, do you know Christ on the inside? Religion doesn't save you. Coming to church does not save you. What saves you is a real, authentic relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. He loves you, loves me more than we'll ever know. He's got your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life and He wants to put His stamp on it. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. If there's someone here and you feel far away from God, someone here you've never accepted Christ, in a moment I'm going to pray a quick prayer. But it's an important prayer. It's a prayer, actually, that will change eternity. God has invited every single one of us to heaven. The way there is His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're here today and you're disconnected from God, you're far away from God, today I just want you to respond by faith and say, Anthony, I want you to pray for me. I want you to raise your hand, raise it up real high right now. If if you've never accepted Christ today in this moment, you can do that. Come on, anyone here, right here, right now, say, Anthony, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I am going to pray with you and for you. It might be five people, it might be one person, but man, I want to see someone responding to Christ. If that's you today and you feel like you need to run on back today, you can do that. Is there any man here, any woman here, you feel the touch of God, the the knock of heaven upon your heart right here and right now, you can accept Christ by the most simple, simple thing. Respond to Christ. Turn to Him. Is there someone I'm praying for? Anyone? Real quick, raise your hand. Raise it up real high and say, Pastor Anthony, that's me. Anyone here? Come on all across the place. I want to wait 10 more seconds. Just give you a moment. Maybe the Holy Spirit's drawing you right now to respond. Man, if you understand the grace of God, you'll run to Him. You won't run from Him. Anyone here I want to pray with and for? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, can we stand to our feet? Who received the Word? Someone say, from this day. Come on, say, from this day. From this day. From this day. My love, how are you? Good. Yes? Yeah. Come on. We've got prizes to give away. Yes. Then we're going to pray. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching. I pray that this message has impacted your life in a powerful, powerful way. If you feel like it has, email us at connect at churchalive.tv or if you accepted Christ today for the very first time or you feel like you're running back to the Lord today, email us again and let us know. I know that's going to be encouragement to me. It's going to be encouragement to other people who serve as part of our church. God bless you. See you next time.